and there he is on the very first try. Happy Monday. Man, I can't see you again. I don't know what's going on, but I can hear you. Man, oh, man. You got to get your phone checked, bro, because I think every – can everybody else see me out there? You raise your hand if you can see. I can't see the comments either. That's what really upsets me. I don't oh, really care about you. You're going to have to work on your – you're going to have to work on your phone, dude. That sounds like a YP, a your problem. Bro, I got, like, a nice new phone, but it's all good, man. I'm ready to go. I'm excited to talk a little bit of baseball with you, Chris. All right. Good. Let's do it. Here we go. Uh, biggest series of the week starts tonight out in L.A. You've got the first-place Giants taking on the second-place Dodgers. Right now, the lead is three-and-a-half games. In a month, let's say the trade deadline, will this still look like the same order in the National League West, Giants, Dodgers, Padres? It's going to be close. Uh, going through July 31st, like, I think we'll call that the trade deadline. I know there's the – there's other trades that can happen after that. We'll call July 31st a trade deadline. There's nine games between now and then between the Giants and the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And awesome. So the Giants are three and four against the Dodgers this year out of seven games. What's funny to me is like we think about the Dodgers being this like juggernaut of a team, and they are. But they're, Giants and Dodgers are virtually the exact same team offensively right now if you're just looking across the board on statistics. Right. But the, the Giants are – pitching the ball much better than the Dodgers. So, like, we think the Dodgers are this team, but the Giants are the team, man. So, I will say this. It's going to be close, but I think the Giants retain their lead through the trade deadline. And they are, I mean, they're causing quite the stir out there in the NL West. This is supposed to be a two-team race, and now all of a sudden we're looking up. They're the first team to 50 freaking wins, Chris. Yep. Got to love that. So, you know, I'll be the first one to admit and raise my hand that I was like, oh, they're a cute little story the first six to eight weeks. I was like, can't wait for the Dodgers and Padres to get in the diamond lane and just pass them. Hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's going to happen either um, in the month of July. You mentioned these nine games. I don't think the Dodgers are going to go six and three or seven and two against the Giants. I think it could be a 5-4 series one way or another. I think these two teams are, are – uh, too closely contested to have one team pull away from the other. Uh, and you can't forget about the Padres in the mix. The interesting thing schedule-wise is that the Padres don't play either the Dodgers or the Giants, I think, until mid or late August. So, you know, you can't make any ground head-to-head -head that way. Um, and also, if you look at the Giants' schedule, outside of the Dodgers, the only winning team that they play before the July 31st trade deadline is the Houston Astros, and that's right yeah. at the end of July. Everybody else, it's teams that are still trying to figure themselves out or out of contention at this point. So as long as the Giants don't go into some sort of super slump, and I don't expect why they would, I think they're still first-place team at the trade deadline. There you go, Ploof. I, I like that you're saying that. And I want to make one more point about the Giants because we always say this about the Dodgers, and I've said this on the show before. When they bring players up, their depth, they – are always bringing above replacement level players. Like they're not bringing up guys that they're just throwing out there to, you know, plug a hole. The Giants don't put anybody out there pitching wise or hitting wise that's below league average. Almost every single regular in their lineup is above 100 uh, weighted runs created plus or OPS plus, excuse me. Uh, same with their pitching, ERA plus, they're all above 100. They're putting out, their depth is so outstanding. And that's the reason they're still where they're at. All right, let's move from the West to the East. In the American League East, the Boston Red Sox back on top after they dismantled the New York Yankees this weekend. They swept them. They are 6-0 and against the Yanks so far this year. Um, so what's the more interesting storyline? That Boston 
continues to be up top or that New York continues to be mediocre at best? I think it's Boston being on top. What they've done is really impressive. If you look at their team, they're really top-heavy with their, with their lineup. Um, you have Devers and Bogarts, um, both in the nines and the OPSs. J.D. Martinez is there, too. Then they kind of fall off, but they're able to just – get guys on base. They play baseball. I was watching a clip. Uh, Jimmy and Jake were talking last night in misery uh, yeah. about, about the series. And that was a point that Jimmy made. He's like, this is, this is a team. They do all the things we want the Yankees to do. They can beat you with the long ball, but they can also play baseball. They can run the bases. They don't particularly play great defense, but they're in the right spot enough. So they're just like, they're just playing the game the right way. And they're getting wins because of it. I'm curious to see if it's going to stay all season long. I believe in the Giants more than I believe in the Red Sox, but they're doing it, man, until they're off the top. I mean, what can we say about them? And you know what? Alex Cora made a point yesterday. He said, no team can trade for Chris Sale. Yeah. We have Chris Sale coming. Now, we don't know what he's going to look like, you know, particularly when he starts out. It might be three or four innings tops. But if you get something like Chris Sale, the old Chris Sale, even if you get 80% of him, that's pretty damn good trade that you end up making. Um, so I don't think Boston's going anywhere. And I think Jimmy and Jake's point about that, that they would like to see the Yankees play the, Red, the way the Red Sox do. I mean, there was a spot early in the game where they tagged up on a deep fly ball to the monster from second to third, and the throw went to third. And J.D. Martinez, I think, went to second, who's not a fast runner. But all of a sudden, he's in scoring position. That's because Boston paid attention and New York threw to the wrong base. Like, those little things, when you are not winning games, drives you nuts as a fan. And, by the way, if we were to take all the Yankees players right now and put them in Seattle Mariners uniforms, would we really think they were that talented? <laughs> There'd be a few that we think are talented. But I get your point, man. Like, I think this happens a lot in sports where we see the uniform, the mm -hmm. jersey, and we give them credit. USC football. Big USC football guy right here, Chris. They get the benefit of the doubt way too much. And I think we do the same thing with the Yankees yep. this year at least. We knew that the starting rotation was going to be cold in the question marks. And that's kind of what it's been. And the team hasn't hit. And that was supposed to be their strong suit. So that's that's why they're looking up at you know, the Rays and the, and the Red Sox. Right. And now if you're going on history and you're a Yankees fan, you say, wait, we lost the first eight or nine games of the season series in 2009. And Finished pretty well for us that year. So just saying. All right. Uh, hey, congratulations, Hector Santiago. You're the answer to a trivia question. Yay. Who was the first pitcher nailed when they started to check every freaking pitcher for foreign substance? Yesterday had something on his glove. They confiscated the glove. They're having it tested. All that sort of stuff. Do you, so he got ejected from the game. Do you think he's going to face a 10-game suspension? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle this, Chris. Like, to me, it doesn't make any sense. You check the guy's glove twice. The third time you find something, do you really think he went in there in the third inning and put something in his glove? doesn't make any sense to me. And you know what I did, Chris? I went to Baseball Savant. I checked out his spin. There were no spikes. He's down like everybody else is. So, like, I just don't. Maybe they take a look at this and like, okay, this is what it was. We'll test the glove. It was just rosin and he doesn't get suspended. Now, if they test it and there is something, then, yeah, he deserves to be suspended. But I do think there needs to be a little bit more than the umpire being like, oh, there's some sticky stuff. You're suspended 10 games. That's not enough for me. These guys don't know what they're looking at, dude. They never, they're not experts in substances. Like, 
they can barely get the calls in the field right. Like, come on. Like, let's let's make sure like he was actually doing something before we hand out ten game suspensions and hurt their team by taking a roster spot up. That's the problem. I suppose if you want to eject them from a game, even though they were playing basically a game and a half yesterday or a game and two thirds, um, I suppose you can live with that. To take away a player a roster spot, that's some serious shit because you're putting players' health at risk. Now you're yeah. asking guys to eat up innings that they're not used to eating up. So let's not just set an example here and say, ha-ha, we got somebody. See, the system is working. Let's take this very seriously. And by the way, did you see that fucking bag they put that glove in yesterday? <laughs> that's the thing I put my recycling in. Like, we don't have something that's a little bit better to send it to a lab? I mean, this isn't just going down the street. Dude. Let's make sure. That was a joke. I mean, MLB, this is what we're doing. I don't I don't get it. You know how I, I talk about all the time. They're reactionary. There wasn't a huge plan when this all went down. They were just like, right. oh, well, people are mad now. We better do something. Like, yeah. come on, guys. Figure it out. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, on Friday, um, question for you. Fernando Tatis Jr. announced that he would not be partaking in the home run derby. So were you more bummed by that announcement? Or more excited that hours later he went ya ya three times in the first four innings against Arizona. I'm more excited about the homers. I don't think this guy should be in the homer derby this year at all. He's had the shoulder injuries. We look, I get it. People want to see this dude, and home run derby's kind of fun. You watch your favorite players just crush balls, but I'd rather see him on the field for the rest of the season, mm -hmm. playoff push, all that stuff. So I'm happy he didn't do it. The three homers were magical, majestic, however you want to put it. Two heaters and a slider, I believe it was. And he's going to center field. He's going to left field. The guy can absolutely do it all. So we need this dude playing real baseball. Like the home run derby, not this year. I'm happy he said no. Maybe not even next year. Like I want to see this dude playing ball. But it was also interesting because you could tell he was disappointed. He loves putting on a show for people. <laughs> yeah. he, wa he wants to do it. But I'm happy that he and the organization came to the decision like, you missed almost 20 games so far, including a bunch with a shoulder issue. We don't need you swinging for the fences during an exhibition thing. Yes, it will suck. Like, we want the best guys out there. We want Vlad, who's not going to be there to do it. We want Tatis, who's not going to be there to do it. But at the, end, at the same time, we have to understand, like, he's playing for the Padres. I would much rather see him play against the Dodgers and Giants the last three weeks of the season than to swing one night in Denver. Ooh, that sounds like a movie. Swing one night in Denver. Yeah, but you have to pay extra for that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that, that doesn't come with your basic cable. Is that, is that, is that in, the people's... in the John Boy VIP package? Yeah, it does. It does. You'll get it on your uh, Airbnb um, stay that we're going to have in Denver in two weeks. By the way, do you like the top bunk or the bottom bunk? Have we discussed this yet? I'm a bottom bunk guy, I think. Yeah, I can't get my fat ass up there. I think we go based on how old you are. That's what bed you get to pick first. Okay. So that's if we were your, your bed, your, your bed's old as hell. Okay. All right. Last one. As a fellow third baseman, when T. Brian Hayes made that play yesterday against Yachty, did it did it make you tingly all over? I loved everything about it. You saw where he started out. He was in the five six hole, went all the way to the line just to get to the ball. Then another like ten fifteen feet because his momentum was carrying in there before he got to throw. And it wasn't like he got to plant and like hop up or anything. That was all arm right there, all arm strength. Throws Yachty out. Kind of glad that it was Yachty running because anybody else probably would have beat it out. But it was an incredibly impressive play just to get the ball over to first base. 
And we've known about Key Brian Hayes for a long time because Colt Tucker came on our show and we asked, give us a, give us a guy in Pirates camp that nobody's talking about that they should be talking about. I think this was last year. Mm-hmm. He said, Key Brian Hayes. And said it without a, without a stutter right away. We knew this guy was going to come up and, and do well. But, Chris, for as good as he is defensively, and that's what a lot really? of people talk about, the guy's got a 993 career. I know. He's, a, he's like a baller. Like, yeah. he's a guy, guy. I don't pass that out too often. I don't say you're a guy, guy unless you really are. Key Brian Hayes is a guy, guy. So the only other plays I can remember at third base like that are the Machado one against the Yankees. I think it was Luis Cruz that hit it or it went off of Machado's hands. He picked it up and fired a laser across the diamond. And then, of course, Brooks Robinson in the 1970 World Series against Lee May. You know, that was the play of all plays for third baseman. But this one was special because it was like he just fired it. It it was in the air like a, like a punt. And Colin Moran, I thought he was going to call for a fair catch there at first base. He kept looking at it. He was like, get here, get here. And it finally did. It was awesome. And at the time, preserved what was a, a perfect game for Cranick in his Major League debut, which was awesome. Good job by that kid. Uh, and you talked about the talent that Cole Tucker said that Brian Hayes has. Stephen Brault said the same thing. He said he's the best player he's ever played with. He said he did play with Andrew McCutcheon, but he got cut at the end of his Pirates career when it started maybe go down a little bit. He said this kid is a top five MVP candidate every year when he's healthy. So it's going to be kind of cool. I love it. He's 24 years old. The world is his oyster. Yes. All right. A few things. First of all, uh, for people on audio only today, Ploof's got the John Boy Media company guy hat. I am wearing my Cleveland Indians hat because I am sending good thoughts and prayers to Josh Naylor. Terrible incident yesterday in Minnesota uh, where he suffered a closed fracture of his leg and a dislocated ankle. It's just horrible, horrible. Uh, We don't, unfortunately, we don't have to deal with that sort of shit very often in this sport, but it was Buster Posey type stuff. So just sending good thoughts. It was, it was not good. So let's move on to some better stuff. What do you have going on in John Boy Media today, man? Sorry, my daughter's trying to bust in the room. I'm wow. going back uh, to do Talking Baseball series recap. Can't wait to talk about the Yankees getting their, like, punch in the face in Boston. Can't wait for that. Uh, then tomorrow I have a, a sequence episode coming out where we're revisiting Gary Sanchez and the adjustments he's making. What do you got? Does she want to pop on the screen here? She keeps knocking on the door. She's like, I have something to tell you. I said, hey, give me two seconds. I'll be out. <laughs> Daddy's working. Tell her we're wrapping it up. All right, latest episode of the Rose Rotation has dropped with Miguel Rojas and our guest Trey Turner of the Washington Nationals. It was great to have two uh, shortstops from the same division who have been competing against each other for like six years. Uh, chop it up. A lot of respect between the two, but some funny stories, some really good stuff that's out there. And I'm about to tape a uh, – speaking of the NL East – an episode with Trevor May and Austin Riley of the Atlanta Braves. Riley actually hit a homer off of May earlier this season. So Ooh, young, thick. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so those are be, those uh, are two thick fun. boys. Yeah, you ain't kidding. We're gonna have to yeah. do a lot to fit everybody and shoehorn everybody into the screen at once. A lot of lot of lot of meat on that episode. I like that. Yeah, that's that's what it is. We're all big, strong, tough. Well, <laughs> they they are. I'm just kind of a little gooey dad bod, but it's okay. <laughs> All right, listen, go hang out with your daughter for uh, a few minutes before you have to go uh, on to your next job and earn your billions of dollars. Uh, we are back at it again Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 Pacific. Sound good? Can't wait, baby. Hey, I, and by the way, give us a full report on what your daughter had to say to you. Everybody's going to be waiting. 
She hasn't said anything. I said, give me one second. She said, okay, and ran away. So, oh, what? How old is she? Three? Three. Gosh, you got them trained early, man. The kids, are you kidding me? He's the best. It, it, my kids, if they were knocking on the door, and I'd just be like, wait a second. They just bust through and they'd be like, shit, I got to talk to you. Like, okay, <laughs> cool. All right, everybody have a great day. Enjoy your baseball content. We'll see you again Tuesday. Yes.